This is the Mulligans Podcast, a real estate podcast focused on the duo. We created this podcast to share the stories of real estate individuals who have built their business from the ground up or have lost everything and are working to get it back. I'm Hayden Wright. I'm Austin Cole. And, and we, we are, are your hosts. hosts. Today on the show, we have the Donis Brothers, Kerwin, Kenny, and Jeffrey Donis. These guys are just 19 and 23 years old out of North Carolina. They started off in wholesaling and are already breaking into the multifamily space at a very young age, um, making some major moves. And we'll talk about that here in a second, as you'll hear on today's show. But great guys, very much looking forward to this interview. I think you're all going to gain a lot of value out of it. Without further ado, let's get into today's show. Kerwin, Jeff, Kenny, thank you guys for being here. I appreciate you. Um, if you guys don't mind, just go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into real estate. Yeah, I'll go first. My name is Jeffrey Donis. Thanks for having us, Hayden. We really appreciate it, man. Of course. Um, we're from North Carolina. I'm 19 years old, uh, and we got into real estate through single family. We did wholesaling, some creative financing, and, and fix and flips. Or one fix and flip, but I'll let my brothers introduce themselves before I go too far into our Perfect. Yeah, my name's Kerwin. I'm Jeffy's twin brother, so I'm also 19. And we got into wholesaling in 2020. And um, in 2021 is when we actually moved into multifamily. And uh, we love real estate. And we right now we raise capital from passive investors and we invest their money into larger multifamily properties ranging typically from uh, 100 to 200 units. Awesome. Yeah, Hayden, uh, thank you so much for having us on. Um, like my brother said, well, my name is Kenneth Donis. Um, you know, we're, we started in real estate wholesaling and, and um, you know, just doing some single family stuff like flipping and, you know, we have some rentals and stuff. Um, but now we do multifamily syndication. So we're now multifamily uh, investors. Awesome. Awesome. So you guys are all super young, right? I mean, Jeff Kerwin, you guys are 19. And Kenny, you're 22, right? I think I've read that from there. Yeah, oh, I just turned 23, but yeah. I 23? Wish I well, happy birthday. When was that? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, that was July 20, 18th, so uh, like a few weeks ago. Oh, nice. Right on. Well, yeah. cool. So so y'all are super young. How did y'all get into real estate? What 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 piqued your interest? Yeah, well, um, one day uh, I was sitting on my bed in um, in college and I was watching The Breakfast Club, and I saw a guy come on, and he's, his name was Mark Witten, and he started speaking about wholesaling real estate and the fact that, you know, he came from nothing. He came from the hood, no cash, no credit, no money um, at all, and he was really broke, um, and like I said, he came from the hood, so came from nothing pretty much, and he basically said that, you know, he was able to build a multi-million dollar business with wholesaling, flipping houses with no money. And that just caught my attention. I was like, how do you flip houses with no money? Right. So we eventually, you know, just dug a little bit deeper into it. And, you know, that's kind of how we got. got. Nice. Yeah. Um, Kerwin, I can touch on it quickly. Um, so then Kenny Kenneth was really the person that found wholesaling first, but uh, we really just started self-educating through podcasts, YouTube. Um, and, and before that we did any of that, we were in Guatemala, which is where my mom is from. She's a single mm-hmm. mother. Um, so she inspired us a lot to, to kind of, start our venture, but we were in Guatemala, which is where she was born and our family. We, we realized that they were very, very impoverished and we come from an impoverished background. So a lot of my cousins and my aunt lived there, um, lived there. So just being there, we realized that we were very, very grateful or we should be grateful and we we're very fortunate to be in the United States and we didn't want to 
uh, waste any of the resources that we had here just compared to what they have versus what we have here. We knew that we were being very uh, ungrateful and weren't making the most of it. So as soon as we got back, um, I started learning. I saw Kenneth on the couch the, the day we landed on off the plane. Um, I saw him listening to like wholesaling busy videos. So I just really jumped onto his, his you know ship and we started really, really taking action after that. Nice. Nice. Kerwin, you, do you can concur with what your brother said? The same thing? Yeah, it's pretty much the same. Um, I would say though, for us, the book that really broke our mindset and I guess made us the entrepreneurs we are today is a uh, rich dad, poor dad. Uh, we've all three of us read that at different times, but I think that that book really established like the fundamental uh, mindset of entrepreneurship. And um, that's kind of what, like, I would say broke me from the nine to five uh, rat race mentality. Nice. Okay. So you guys collectively got into real estate. Um, what year was this? How long ago was this? So we've read, uh, I remember I poured out in 2019, I believe, but, um, and I started cold calling for a local fixing flipper my freshman year, a uh, fall semester of college. And that was in 2019. And then we went to Guatemala and we actually got back on January 2nd of 2020. And that's the day that kind of pulled our first list of data. And we started cold calling the very next day. Um, and so that was the first time we actually took action. So that's kind of like what I like to call our, our entrepreneurship birthday. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I remember the day we got back. It was January 2nd. It, we had gotten back home at like 8 p.m. And two days prior, my refund money from college, because I was still in college at the time, it had hit. So I had like a few grand in the bank and I just got home and I spent some money on a list. I think it was, you know, close to a thousand dollars and we didn't know what we were really doing, but, you know, we knew that we would hopefully be able to get something done. So, you know, I spent that money on, on, on that instead of spending it on rent, which is what it was supposed to be for. So, yeah. (laughs) Well, not a bad spend of money, I'd say. So y'all have only been doing this for about a year and seven months, right? Yeah, Yeah, exactly right. A year and almost eight months now. That is really impressive because I've, I've, you know, I've watched a lot of your stuff. I've been following with with y'all for a while now, and I know y'all accomplished a good bit already. So uh, let's go ahead and get into that. So you start cold calling. Um, What does it look like? How long is it before your first deal? Yeah. Um, So we we were all in our separate colleges, and we all were doing our own thing, but we were each cold calling for like two hours a day with what we could, right? We didn't have that much time because of school. And then we got sent home because of COVID. Mm. Uh, and the pandemic and all we were not in our dorms anymore so it was in my opinion it was a blessing for us because I eventually dropped out of school I, I finished that year and dropped out and then we went full-time so five months after we actually started cold calling we eventually got our first deal uh, it took a long time of course we were at some points there was a lot of you know places where we thought about quitting just because we were like spending so much money on marketing going into debt taking out credit cards and we were not getting any results and then we got not luck but we created our own fortune and uh, we had a follow-up come in where the seller was ready to go and initially she wasn't really looking to sell it at the price we were offering eventually we followed up and she was ready to go so we made a, a pretty good amount in our first deal nice nice and so that was now i'm sorry how did you say how long that was in that it, it was five months uh that it took us and that was uh, i don't remember the exact date it was uh it was may 11 may. when it went under contract um, but it took, it was, well, actually it was closer to the end of May when it went under contract, but it closed June 11th. So six months to get the first check, but it was an, it was an escrow for a few weeks, a week right, or two. Right. Nice. Yeah. Wow. So five months without results. I mean, that's not uncommon, but kind of like you just said, Jeff, it, it's gotta be discouraging to see all this money, all this time going into it and, and nothing coming out. So what was, what was kind of like the mentality there? What were you, what, where were your minds at and, 
How did you come out of that? Can you hear me? Yeah. Sorry, hey, Nick, cut out there. Do you want to pick that, bro? No, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I think my internet's kind of shoddy right now. I don't know why. No, no worries. No worries. No worries. Uh, so, yeah, I was just saying five months went by. Um, you guys are calling every day. You're spending a lot of money doing it. What's going through your mind and, and how do you come out of that? Yeah, no, uh, I'll let my brothers, I won't talk too much, but um, <laughs> I would say like in, in a, that business, I don't regret at all doing it. And um, we left it in, the, you know, we were in it for some time, but I would say uh, just being, being aware of like every single time we were really close to almost like you, you, it was a really good reason to quit. We had, we had that happen a lot where uh, we had one deal that we were actually our first deal that we had in the contract or it was like the, we got one deal under contract. We got it under contract for too much ended up not even being close to a deal, but we had to learn that, you know, you actually have to underwrite this deal and understand the math and understand what the end buyer is looking for. So we learned from that and then we kept going. And then eventually we were going to make 15 K on our first, or it would be our first, but it came back at like a week before closing that there was a tax lien on the property and Kenneth can touch on this more, but we could have easily have quit. I mean, we were already celebrating, which is another thing that we learned is don't celebrate until it's done <laughs> right. and the money's in the bank. So all that, you know, taught us a lot in regards to moving past field. Right, exactly. So now you finally got a deal. You said you made a good amount of money. Um, I, I saw that you guys switched over to multifamily. Did that happen directly after? Did y'all keep playing around in the wholesale game after it went real well? Or what inspired that and how did that go? Yeah, yeah. So I would say, I mean, we were in the business for, uh, we did like a good amount of deals. We did 17 wholesale deals throughout our our single family journey, we did two creative financing deals. So we learned how to do some seller financing, some subject to some creative strategies that allowed us to get two rentals um, that we lease option both on the back end. And then we did one fix and flip. And throughout this whole process, we realized that multifamily was our end goal. Um, and we had to overcome a lot of self-limiting beliefs. And we really didn't like single family that much. It was very transactional, but we started listening to a lot of content mm-hmm. that, you know, uh, that was teaching us about multifamily, the benefits of it, the scalability of it. Um, the economies of scale and the profitability, of course. And, it, and there were just a lot of barriers of entry is what we realized. But a lot of that was just self-limiting beliefs that we knew that. I mean, the money's there. If you can find a good deal, um, you just have to understand the asset. And that's really what we just had to overcome, which was uh, us being young, not having as much capital as most people in this industry when it comes to multifamily. So like I said, it was our end goal. And we were just like, one day uh, we were like, you know what, let's just go for it. Like same way that we got into the single family space, there's no, no, no reason that we can't do it. We just really have to go for it. And that's why we just immediately dropped everything and then went all in. And typically when we do that, uh, we burn the bridges and we just, you know, we, we have three of us, so we work all day and uh, yeah, we made it happen. But I'll let my- so, so you guys, you guys went all in after you saw that, um, that that's where you wanted to end up. Right. So, I mean, first of all, I didn't even ask, where, where are you guys learning all this information? How are you learning what a lease back and all all these things are. I mean, is this just from books? Is it from podcasts you're listening to? Yeah, it started with uh, just YouTube, YouTube videos, Max Maxwell, uh, Brett Daniels, Pace Morby. Um, And then once we started making some money, we did pay for a mentorship with a Pace Morby um, Mm. for a single family to learn creative financing. And that's how we got our two rentals. And then we also, um, once we decided to move into the multifamily space, we joined um, a few mentorship programs, uh, mainly for education, but, um, you know, we also paid to get into certain rooms and, th- and that allowed us to network with the right people and build uh, partnerships. 
and um, find mentors. And so um, I think we've always been big believers in investing in your network and um, in relationships. And we think that investing in those kind of relationships that can help you level up and you can leverage other people around you, um, that those will have an infinite ROI. And so that's kind of what our, our philosophy has been. Yeah. Um, but to answer your question, really what we, uh, the main thing that we've always done is uh, been big on self-education. So like Kerwin said, we always, I would always listen to podcasts like consistently. I don't really watch anything else. I don't watch the news, no Netflix, no Hulu, anything like that. It's always a podcast or an audio book. Um, and like you said, we're getting into these certain rooms, building our network with in, intentionally as well. So we pick certain events that we want to go to. And instead of paying for like a vacation, we'll, we'll go on vacation with like a, in, in a random place with a networking event that's multifamily related. Mm. And we enjoy that. We'll, what we'll do is we'll go into these rooms and we'll network with everyone, get their business card. Then we follow up with them and we build relationships as if it was a lead. Um, so just treating people and, and trying to bring value to these people is, is the best way that I would say. Um, just having these conversations over the phone in a weekly with people that are doing deals and you're just talking the language. That's a main way that I've learned personally. But um, to go back first, when we were starting multifamily, it was really just self-education. And then when we had a little bit of money, we put it into a mentorship where we took a course. Uh, we binged it very quickly. And then Kenneth just jumped on the analyzer that, um, that our, our mentor gave us and just started underwriting deals. And I really just started talking to people about investing passively. And then, you know, over time, you just start building your skills and building the, the knowledge base. And then eventually, you know, you get into your first deal and you can actually back it up with track record and all that. So all of it comes over time, but it definitely was with the persistence, consistency. And, and really what, what I like to say um, is be obsessed with it. I'm like, mm-hmm. kind of like uh, people don't like Grant Cardone, but he wrote a good book that I like be obsessed or be average. And I just obsess over the material and um, I don't want to be a master at many things. I don't think you can, I don't know who can do that. I can't, I like to just be really good at one thing. So I focus on my thing and that's multifamily. And if I can get really good at it, uh, I know that I'll be able to uh, have any conversations with any person in the industry, especially people that aren't, um, you know, because it it really just comes down to the time that you put in to learn the knowledge. Right. No, that's smart. Okay. So now you mentioned something, you mentioned that you guys invested in not just one mentor, you invested in one to start out in wholesaling, but another to start out in multifamily. Now, would you recommend this to someone starting out or what are your thoughts behind that? Has it been worth it? Yeah, I would absolutely encourage people to, uh, if they're interested in becoming active investors and like doing deals themselves, absolutely. Uh, the benefit of having a mentor is that you can learn from their failures so you can avoid making them. And, and I mean, there you could not have a mentor and then make the mistakes yourself. But a lot of people on podcasts that I've listened to, one of the best tips that they've given me was um, to fail faster and um, just to keep failing because the more you fail, the, the closer you're going to get to your win. And so I think if you can leverage other people's failures and learn from them to avoid them, and um, that will kind of just cut your learning curve. Yeah. And I would also say, uh, I mean, there's a lot of mentorship groups out there and, you know, for each individual, one may be best, a best, a better fit for them than the other. Um, So I would just say, you know, just take a look into all of them and just kind of know what you want to go after. And uh, you know, they'll, they'll, you'll, you'll be able to, pretty much easily choose a group that will potentially be the best fit for you. But in our mentor, um, you know, we just found that they do bigger deals um, and they are pretty much like, like Crowen said earlier, you know, we're paying to get into a room with people that are really in this business and they're doing a lot of deals and, and they're just really active in the space, no matter, you know, what the economic condition of the economy is. Right. 
So, so it's a combination of mentorships, reading, and just being in the right place at the right time, networking, right? So very cool. Very yeah. cool. So all in all, investing in a mentor, absolutely worth it. So, so say somebody has, you know, they want to get into multifamily, they have 10 grand in their bank account, because they've just been saving and grinding. They've been, they've been paying attention and learning, right? How would you allocate? How would you recommend that person allocate their 10 grand to doing their first deal, their multifamily deal? Yeah, I'll touch on it first. What I would do, what we did first was invest in like a cheap course. Um, but obviously, with uh, typically the, the better networking rooms are going to take a little bit more money, to be honest, in our experience now, obviously limited experience, but um, I would buy a course and get a basic foundation. And you can also read the book, Best Ever Syndication Book, if you're looking to get into multifamily, then that, that book is, uh, you can find cheap ways to get that. So it's not going to be like a grand or anything, mm-hmm. but I would definitely get a foundation of the knowledge and then I'd keep saving up. And if you're looking to get on it, my opinion, uh, getting into these mastermind groups is probably the best way to get started just because it will cut your learning curve and you can actually leverage the, the mentor that's in the group. You can, he can be a KP, he'll sign on the loan. Uh, he can help you with raising capital and he can, the group itself can even help you find a deal if you're working with a group that has active deal finders. So all of that can help you get into your, into your, uh, your first deal. Yeah. And I will touch, I mean, so if I, you know, were in with 10 K, I would potentially just go look at different groups of events and choose one that you would, you feel like you would, you know, vibe with, I guess you could say, and go there because I mean, necessarily you can definitely do it without a group. Right. The best way to go about it without being in a group would be just kind of finding someone who is smaller, like maybe they just target smaller units or they just don't have that many units and just try to bring them value in some way, like either see if you can raise money or just tell them, Hey, like I'll work for free, whatever you need me to do or come up with like a creative way to bring them value because then they'll take you under, under their wing and actually just show you what they know. And from there, you know, once you gain more, more money, I would say definitely joining in a, in a, in a bigger group um, would be like the next play. But if I was, you know, doing it over again and, and didn't, want like have i guess the funds to join a group i would uh i would definitely go about it that way yeah i'll quickly add my 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 advice is a little different in theirs um i would listen to or read the best ever syndication book um by joe fairless and that's really cheap um it's like i think you can get it for free with an audible account so that's zero dollars and then the rest of the money i would try to attend as many multifamily uh investing networking events as possible and try to meet everybody there get their numbers and then follow up with them and you can use a free podio account to keep track of them. And this business is mainly relationships. And um, if you can learn to build relationships with people, try to find ways to bring them value and get them to trust you and remember you uh, at the end of the day, like you're planting seeds. So over time that'll pay off. And in the meantime, you can just focus on education. And honestly, like I said earlier, uh, we paid to get into the rooms. I think that's the main value we got out of most of these things we're paying for is the relationships because all, a lot of the knowledge, it's free. You can get it out um, out there on podcasts and audible free books. Um, so I think mainly is relationships. And that's what's been a game changer for us. And that's what's opened the most doors for us. Right. Yeah. Main thing is just finding a way to bring these people value. So maybe you're good at social media. I um, mean, you know, most people in this industry are a lot older. So maybe they weren't grow up tech savvy. You can help them with their social media pages and in exchange you you'll be able to like learn everything that they can you know they'll give you in exchange you just do it for free and in exchange you can get the knowledge so whatever you can do just get really creative nice. okay yeah i think it's really cool the mindset y'all have is just one you guys learned a little bit learned a little bit and then you just went all in and attacked it right 
And then the second one, you guys, you know, you're getting into these rooms. A lot of people, your age, my age, our age would see, oh, this trip's going to cost, you know, a thousand dollars for the ticket to, to get into this event. It's going to be an X for the plane and all these things. And they'll see, oh, this isn't worth it. But you guys are saying, you know, this is work because you got that, that long-term mentality because the, the relationships, all that's going to pay off. Right. So I think that's awesome. Um, yeah. So now, yeah, I mean, I'll quick so go ahead. add like, I think a lot of people our age, like I know um, I have a lot of peers in, in college that before I dropped out, they would spend like thousands of dollars on like spring break in like Cabo or uh, like freaking, I don't know, like the Caribbean islands. And so right. I think it's all about like what your priorities are and what's important to you. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think so the money, like a lot of people, there's, if you want whether there's a will there's a way uh, we started with nothing and and i told you we started with credit cards um so i think if, if you want to do something it's absolutely possible yeah nice. and uh i mean the events it's, it's really like like you said people like you can you can find a way to get the money um it really the money doesn't is not a value to us it's what we what we can do with it so we'll put it into these events and it'll pay for the ticket to get there it'll pay for the, the hotel but it's really the relationships and that's long term just like real estate's a long-term investment and that's exactly what we're doing with relationships right so infinite roi <laughs> yeah exactly right so you guys are getting into these rooms with all these very successful intelligent investors brokers property managers right and they're looking at you and you guys don't look super old you know you look you look like i do you look pretty young so how are you i mean and and you know that they're thinking that too right you know this guy's you know from the streets you know uh whatever right so how are you counteracting the fact that you look so young yeah. So, I mean, honestly, I feel like potentially when we first walk up to them, I mean, I've had instances when I would um, potentially walk up to somebody and they would be a little thrown off, at, I guess, my appearance because of my age. Mm-hmm. But then when I actually have a conversation to, uh, like with them um, and just you know, being confident about what I know, I don't know everything. I'm always open to learning, but what I come to learn so far, um, just being confident in myself and, and just, uh, you know, just having a casual conversation, you know, these people actually, um, they actually like our energy. You, you, as a young person, we give off a different kind of energy. So being in these rooms kind of enlightens them and, you know, just kind of inspires them at whatever age they're at. So I'd say like a lot of the people, or at least most of the people that we've met are very, very, uh, open to us, um, you know, and, and wanting to pour into us what they know. So we're, we're always learning, but um, yeah, definitely, you know, just yeah, going up to them with confidence. Yeah. And I would like to add, uh, for, I'll give you an example. One time I walked up to a guy and uh, honestly, a lot of this comes up with what you do when you're at home or when you're at your office, wherever you work, that's where the preparation happens. And then when you walk up to these people, my, in my honestly in my honest opinion i don't ever think of my age when i'm walking up i really like i'm doing deals i'm looking for partners i'm looking to bring value i'm looking to build my business as these people are too so um, i don't look at it that way but this guy like reminded me oh wow i actually am young because he he was giving me a vibe like he didn't really want to talk to me i wasn't serious and then i was like i, I didn't trigger i didn't actually that didn't that didn't uh, tr- i guess it didn't like go into my brain until like, two days later i was like wow that guy probably thought i was young that's why he was treating me that way but um I was like, yeah, man, like what type of deals do you look for? What kind of, what kind of units? Like, how many, how many, what size, what class, what area? And he was like, at the end, he was like, you know what? I like you. You're aggressive. And I was just, I was getting annoyed because he was like, I was like, what are you doing? Like, I know I can bring you value. I mean, I think that comes from me actually putting in hours. Like I, this is all we do. So um, to answer your question, we work all day, every day. 
I listen to podcasts consistently. I'm consistently having conversations. I paid a lot of money to get into certain groups. I've been to a lot of events. I've had really good conversations with a lot of people. And not to say that I know everything. I have a lot to learn, but I know that I understand the terminology. Yeah, I'm not a, like by any means. I'm not the best at it, right? Um, right. But definitely, I, I deserve at least there's some respect. Um, just the same that I'm going to give to to people. So it really comes down to your preparation. Like if you understand what you're talking about, the people don't even, they they just, they're impressed by what you could say. So I think it, it happens beforehand. Really. If you're walking up to these people and you feel like you're not confident, like Kenneth was saying, it's probably a lack of preparation in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it comes down to you understanding the, the terminology. And even if you aren't really prepared, like if you don't think you're prepared, that shouldn't stop you anyways, just go in there with an open mind and ask the right questions. But I think as you learn more, your questions will get better. And then eventually you're actually doing deals. So you can talk to these people and be like, yeah, where are you looking for properties? You're like, how much do you think you can raise? Or, uh, you know, what you can ask all these questions and it, it tell, they can see, tell that this person is actually doing the business. So all that, the age is just a mindset in my opinion. And uh, it doesn't really matter how old you are. It really just matters what you've done and, and what you're doing and your um, people can tell the energy that's there. Yeah. And just to quickly add, uh, I think that a lot of times it's like like you're walking up to them and I've gotten so many people say, like, I respect you a lot just for walking up to me. Um, And so that kind of like, is like a power dynamic right there. And I think that most people even older than me don't even do that. Um, They'll like stand in a corner at the event. So I think it's just a matter of how you carry yourself. And um, if you have like confidence in yourself, like they were saying, um, it really starts there. And a lot of these people, like if you can kind of present yourself with that sort of uh, like you respect yourself and you respect them, you kind of, but you don't kind of kiss up to them or you treat them as an equal, then they'll kind of treat you equally as well. And a lot of that, I mean, honestly, like I would, I've always told my brothers, we kind of get along better with older people than people uh, our age. And it's just, I think the it starts with the mindset. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I love everything you guys just said about that. You, you know, you're not looking at it as a disadvantage at all. You're looking at them as equals. And that's something that, you know, I, I myself have been working on for a long time, right? Just, you know, we're all here after the same thing and, and we're all here to do the same thing. So I think that's really cool. So now you guys have already kind of talked about what you're doing um, as far as networking and growing mentally, but how are you attacking this multifamily space? I mean, you said you work every day. So what does that look like? And does that include a certain amount of cold calls, a uh, certain amount of deals you want to have underwritten? What, what does it look like? Yeah. Um, so we, um, we implemented traction by Gino Wickman. And so we each have our own roles. Um, I'm the director of marketing. Kenneth is in charge of acquisitions and Jeffrey is in charge of investor relations. And I'll kind of tell you what I do and they can jump into it. Um, I pretty much am in charge of the social media content on all of our platforms, um, the YouTube channel, and also our pod- our podcast, the uh, Real Estate Monopoly podcast. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I pretty much do investor relations. Like Karun said, I'm also in charge of strate- strategic partnering is what I call it. So like you said, when we go to these networking events, I will, we'll get the either their phone numbers or their business cards and we confirm that it is their personal cell phone. And then I will put, I will literally call everyone and then I'll add them to a CRM and I follow up with them as if they were a lead. Um, and then I have different places I put them in, but I just really build relationships. That's, that's at the end of the day, what I do. And also going to networking events in person, getting our name out there and just, oh, that, that's the biggest way for me to increase my investor data. Yeah. And then me, um, I'm acquisition. So pretty much just uh, talk to brokers all day and underwrite. Uh, I try to look at, and well, I try to underwrite two to three deals um, a day. So that's pretty much what I'm doing all day, every day. And just trying to build these relationships with these brokers, because uh, you know, you can have all the money uh, you can have 50 million in cash and try to buy a $20 million property. But if the broker doesn't know who you are, 
you're not going to get awarded the deal. And that's right. something that we've come to learn. So relationships are really, really important with the brokers. Right. Right on. So now you guys, you seem to all have your, you know, your individual roles, like you just said, um, for someone, you know, looking to start in in multifamily, that's a big thing to tackle. Would you recommend that they go find business partners as well to, to help them through this? Or um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, I, I think it's, uh, that's one of like the, I guess like a, like a golden question, right? Cause or I don't even know if I said that right, but um, <laughs> it's like, a, it's a really good question, but honestly, I, we were blessed to have each other. We have similar work ethics. We have similar whys uh, and, and we understand each other very well. So it's a very good partnership, but I, I think getting into business with someone is, is like a marriage. It's honestly, I talked to my brothers more than I did with my girlfriend when I was dating her. So <laughs> it's like, you really have to make sure you're picking the right person. So I would not jump into anything. And if you can stick to yourself, but if you find someone that you think is, you know, makes sense and you can always take it deal by deal, but I would not rush into it. Now. I definitely think it does help in this multifamily syndication business. It helps having a bigger team because there's a lot of aspects and focusing on each one is going to help you grow quicker. I mean, more hands on deck, right? My brothers can definitely touch on it, but by us having that read that book traction and focusing on our roles, we've started seeing more progress and more results. Yeah, and I would say two things. One, uh, I would caution anyone to get into business with their friends. Um, I, I, we kind of have like a personal thing where we try to avoid any, any capacity of getting into like a business relationship with our friends because um, it's like mixing, mixing business with pleasure. Um, we like I can talk to my brothers in a way I can't talk to anyone else, and I know their feelings won't get hurt. Um, and whereas like a, a friendship that's I think p- potential for like falling out. Um, also I think it's important to have self awareness and know what your strengths are. And what you can bring to the team and also what your weaknesses are so you can know what you lack so you know uh, who would be complimentary to you All right perfect so now what are some of your real estate goals personal goals in the next three to five years can you guys hear me okay yeah we can yeah, yeah i can hear you now sorry about that uh i just said oh, uh, what is what are some of y'all's real estate real estate goals uh, as well as personal goals in the next three to five years yeah, I'll go first. Did um, you say three to five or 35? <laughs> Sorry, three, three to five. 35 oh, is kind of a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll go first. Um, I would say personal goals. Uh, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll go into business after. For me, it's really just to focus on myself. Um, I A lot of the times I struggle with balancing relationships, so now I just want to focus on my own. Um, and I always write down master my mind. So like just meditating, getting really big into meditation, being able to center mm-hmm. myself. Um and yeah, that's really personal goals, but I'll let them go personal and then our business goals. I would say personal goals, like Jeffrey said, I want to get better at meditation. We're pretty big on personal development and we have like the Miracle Morning um, habits that we try to build. So always improving ourselves. And um, I like to read a lot. And um, in terms of like, I also love writing. So I'm trying to implement that because it's really hard to balance that. So personal, um, that's like one of the biggest things on my mind that I'm trying to in- integrate into my life and my day to day. And I, I'll be honest, um, one thing that I have trouble with is living in the moment. Um, mm. And that's something that I've been working on as well, because we're so like driven and um, have goals. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, actually, I love that. Um, but and a consequence of that is that it's hard for me sometimes to like enjoy, the, have fun now. And um, honestly, I forget to have fun or like what that even is. So <laughs> that's something that I would say I'm personally working on. Nice. Yeah. And I would say um, for me, just uh, want to read more. Uh, and then I have like certain um, like weight goals that I want to, I'm trying to gain a lot more weight as far as muscle mass goes. So going to the gym and stuff like that. Um, but yeah. 
yeah and then touch on the business goals that's the more exciting stuff i'm just kidding <laughs> uh, we we want to hit as many units as possible uh, when we got into the business and this is like a very audacious goal uh, but we shoot really high and then we see how far we can go because we put in the work um, and we definitely think that if you think it you, you, you can make it happen so we want a thousand units um, in 12 months was our goal now we're on track but we're not i don't know if we'll make it like something crazy could happen and right now you know you never know um, but in two years, we want to retire my mom. She's a single mom. So two years, we want to retire her. That's and awesome. then I would like to become financially free by the time I'm 21. I'm 19 right now. So that's, I have, oh, I'm about to turn 20. So I have less than like 14, 15 months to reach oh, that. Nice. I mean, and I definitely want to buy a, one of my, my, not my dream car, but I want to have a nice car by that time I'm 21. Love it. Yeah. No, also, um, we have a, a nonprofit we really want to donate to. It's called Room to Read. Um, they build schools in developing countries and um, particularly help educate uh, like third uh, females, um, younger women in third world countries. And they also build libraries. So um, that's something that we're really passionate about. We think education is like the foundation of, of getting a generation out of poverty. So we're really excited to be involved with them. Awesome. Yeah. Um, well, as far as, I guess, business goals, uh, besides these, those are like our first priorities, you could say. Um, but in three years, uh, we're thinking we want uh, a minimum of 300 million assets under management. Um, and that, of course, can vary as far as unit sizes. Uh, five years, probably closer to 500 to 600 million assets under management, um, just because our 10 years is a billion. So we're trying to stay on track. But um, yeah, we'll, whether we'll hit it or not, who knows? But uh, yeah, we'll just keep working hard and, you know. Um, yeah, I think, uh, we've learned to just set your goals as high as possible and then you work towards them. So. That's awesome. Yeah. You guys also have some very high goals and you wouldn't expect that for, you know, 19 and 23 years old. I think that's really awesome. Um, so now building out your team, where did you start that? Right. So did you start with the, the property manager? Did you start with the brokers or for multifamily? How did you even break into that space? Yeah, well, we went to a networking event on a through the mentorship program, we met uh, other, our partners. And like I said, you just walk up to people, get to know them. Um, and Jeff can kind of get, kind of inform you on like how we made those relationships and uh, in value, but that's really how we're getting into the right rooms. Yeah. And uh, the benefit of joining a group is that the team is already in place and you can just leverage the group's team. So um, that's what we, when we first started, we weren't in the group, obviously. So we uh, reached out to some mortgage brokers. We reached out to some insurance brokers. You need an attorney as well. So an SEC attorney that focuses on commercial real estate. That's what we also had a property management company in the markets that you're in. And then you want to keep in mind who's going to do the asset management, who's going to do the, uh, who's going to be your KP. So who's going to sign on the loan uh, and then who's going to help you raise money. And then who's going to find the deals. That's all the aspects in my opinion. I'm might kind of fill in if I'm missing something, but joining a group, you're able to leverage a lot of those, that team. And really you just plug in where you can, in my opinion, that's, that's why we joined a group. Well, perfect. So, um, we talked about your goals and everything. So, you know, what, what, what do you want the audience to take away from everything you said today? Um, what is, what is the one thing if they, if they tuned out everything, if they just heard one thing, what would you want that to be? Yeah, I can go first. <clears throat> I typically say this on all the podcasts that we get on. Uh, one thing that I've like uh, started implementing once I became an entrepreneur was what I first, what kind of information I put into my head. That's why I stop watching Netflix, Hulu. I try not to get on social media unless it's business. And then I make sure I only follow accounts that are going to impact me in a positive way. Mm -hmm. 
also by surrounding myself with the five people um, that I want to be like. And the saying is, you are the some of the five people you surround yourself with. I'm very selective with who I spend and where I spend my time. Mm-hmm. Most of the time it's with my brothers and they're very, very like-minded. So obviously that's a good and bad, right? You want to diversify, but at the end of the day, you want to make sure that you don't pick up on bad habits. So I hang out with people that have good habits and I'm very selective with what I do with my time. So if someone could take something away is write down a list of who you hang out with and then what they're doing, is it good or bad? And it, can you improve that circle? And if you're intentional about putting better people in your circle consistently, then you are always going to, 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 to level up. That's how exactly how we got into this space. We didn't just sit back and say, okay, we're going to hang out with single family people. That's how we're going to stay against multifamily. No, no, we literally had to go and pave our way and then create a, a whole separate journey, whole separate road for us to get into these different circles. And now it's like these people start talking about doing deals. And first you're like, oh shit, like all this is like very intimidating. But eventually you're like, you're consistently being in that same room and now we're doing deals, you know what I mean? So it's like literally it's the power of who you hang out with. Yeah, I'll, I'll kind of jump in a quote and I'm going to butcher it, but um, it's, it says like, you don't change over, over the course of your life. If you don't change, the only thing that really changes are the books you read and the people you surround yourself with. Um, and so I think the way that we've been able to level up and just like in general, uh, just become who we are. And, and from like two years ago when I was in college, even considering joining a frat, um, like I, I, the books I've read and the people I've met and that that's what's leveled us up. So um, if they have to take away anything, I would like, say read think and grow rich by napoleon hill and rich dad poor dad by robert kiyosaki those two books are more than enough to like get you started and there's like so much knowledge there and that pretty much sums up everything we've said yeah and i would say um lastly uh those are great um but lastly believing in yourself is the absolute key to anything whether you want to be an astronaut a physician a a lawyer, whatever it is, um, just believing in yourself that it's possible and that you can do it is the key. And then once you believe, um, just set intentional goals to reach, to go to where you want to go and then just work towards them every day. And, uh, and then there's nothing stopping you unless you quit or that's the only way you fail if you quit. So just, um, yeah. Awesome. Okay. So last question here, where can, you know, where can the audience find out more about you and how do you prefer to be reached out to? Cause I know I have a very engaging audience. So they usually reach out to the, uh, the guests on the show. Awesome, yeah. We would love that. Uh, we are Donis brothers at D O N I S brothers on all platforms, Instagram um, DMS that that works. Uh, also Donis investment group.com. That's a great place to find us. I um, mean, you can get a lot of resources there. The, uh, the podcast is called the real estate monopoly podcast and you can sign up for our newsletter so you can stay up to date on um, every week. And we're hoping to make it a daily podcast really soon and just mm. always improve it. So um, there's a lot of good content there. Nice. And I've listened to quite a few episodes of y'all's monopoly podcast. That's incredible. I've gotten an, I, I mean, I'm, I'm one of your listeners, so it's really great to meet Thank the, you. you know, my, my three heroes. So uh, I mean, you guys <laughs> interview some, Thank some you. great guests and, uh, keep doing what you're doing. I, I think it's really fascinating, you know, the people you guys have talked to. Thanks so much. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Anything we can do for you, Hayden, also. Yeah. Um, we're a resource, man. Like, you're, you're, you're a friend. So, that makes me feel good. I, you know, love to have more friends. Uh, Donna's brothers, <laughs> I really appreciate you guys being on the show. Um, hope to have you on the show again in the future, you know, after you hit that. $300 million goal after you've done your bigger pockets podcast. And that way I can point to you guys and say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm friends with those guys. I've met with those guys before. I know who they are. So 
I uh, appreciate you guys being on. I think you guys are on the right track and look forward to see where y'all are going. Yeah. yeah thanks, thanks, thanks for having us. Thank you everyone for listening to the show. We hope you gained something from today's episode and put it into action right away. Please make sure to share, subscribe, and review our podcast, as well as follow us on Instagram and TikTok at mulligans underscore underscore. This helps us to grow and share more great stories. My name is Austin Cole. I'm Hayden Wright. Signing Signing off. off.